What up, world? Password, point guard, and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, and you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. Got a fun show for you today. I want to look back at the Blazers' 3-3 three and three road trip. Uh, in a lot of ways, this is kind of the record we expected, but the way it shook out was, if not unpredictable, somewhat surprising. Um, certainly some weird games on this trip. So I want to look back kind of what we learned, what we know now after uh, the longest road swing of the season and a 500 finish. Then I want to look ahead to close out the show. Uh, the Blazers got a mini homestand this week with three home games two of which are imminently winnable, pretty much regardless who the Blazers put on the floor. So we will close out the show looking at the week ahead. But I want to do what I want to do in these first two segments is it's kind of look back. In true Lockdown Blazers fashion, we'll look back to look forward. Um, you know, we're not going to just recap all six games, but I want I want to zoom out, see what we learned. I think I think there's definitely some some stuff we know about this team or have learned more about this team in the last week. You know, I've been patient all year in saying, let's wait, we'll learn more, we'll learn more. I think we know. Like I I think we knew heading into this road trip kind of what this team was. But there's been some there's just some interesting developments and some more little wrinkles. Um, the as the season goes forward, these these little wrinkles could be extremely important. Heading into this road swing, I had Eric Garcia Gunderson, uh, writer for the Associated Press and USA Today's LeBron Wire, former host of this podcast. He joined me on this show, and I, I asked him, you know, what what do you think a good road trip would be? What do you think like a successful road swing would be? And he said that three he would be ecstatic if the Blazers went three and three, which was probably an overstatement. He'd probably be satisfied, I think, if he could have if he could have his word choice back. But hey, it's on wax now, Eric. You were ecstatic at three and three. Basically, the idea was that if the Blazers go five hundred on this particular trip you got to consider it a pretty good deal because these weren't this was no cakewalks you know uh the losses were for the most part against good teams uh houston is a good team to to kick off the trip milwaukee um although they're probably not at the level they've been the last two years in terms of regular season dominance this is still like a championship level team or at least a eastern conference finals competing level team uh to get blown out there maybe what didn't feel great but it's i don't i don't think that's a big deal and to end the end the road trip you know in game six after a week on the road um at new york it, it probably didn't feel great as a way to close the trip and i think you'd feel differently if um if you go three and three and close the trip on a win but they that's not how it, it shook out they had a chance to go four and two that would have been a real miraculous one but instead they lost to new york on saturday uh i don't i don't put a ton into that knicks um that next game, the Blazers just, they looked tired. They looked like a team on the end of a trip. Th- those games are always hard, um, especially with the early start. Uh, th- that wasn't like a confidence-inspiring game by any means. Uh, the offense kind of uh, struggled against New York. That that really, really demands you play in the half court. New York plays really slow, deep into the shot clock. And the Blazers just c- couldn't defend. Emmanuel quickly hit some hit some important threes, but you you close it kind of on a sour note. But I, I think in general, um, three and three is good. Like I, I'm I'm with Eric. I'm not ecstatic, but I think revisiting Eric's thought is like three and three. You got to be happy with where where they were. I mean, you don't have to be. You can feel however you feel. But I would say that I'm not freaking out. I think three and three is a good place to be, considering their injuries and considering how um, how this one shook out. You know, the the game 
let's let's just start with the wins, right? The game in Chicago, they did not play well and they found a way to win. That one maybe didn't inspire a ton of confidence, but it was pretty fun. And uh, the standings don't have an asterisk for like played bad for the first 41 minutes. Like um, that's not how it works. The Blazers just need to get wins. The style points, although that one had a lot of style at the end, the first bit of that game wasn't particularly stylish. Uh same with the win at Washington. I don't know if that inspired a lot of confidence. The Wizards are a terrible defensive team. And the Blazers just straight up outscored them in a game that featured very little, very little stopping. And then obviously the 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 most fun win of the season, the the six and a half guys beat the uh Philadelphia 76ers. That's uh that's just theft. Um so I don't think I think my my takeaway from this trip is that none of the wins inspired this, okay, they're going to be fine, but they kind of all had the, wow, the Blazers can just find a way. And I think their path forward isn't like, isn't to suddenly say, hey, you know what, this group without CJ McCollum and without Yusuf Nurkic and without, you know, the reinforcements of Zach Collins that maybe we thought was going to show up uh, at this time of year they're not going to be all of a sudden sort of like this high-level playoff team or even like a home court advantage type playoff team, but the ability to sort of grind out and steal a couple wins is all you really want from this particular group right now. Um, You maybe want them to win a couple in more convincing fashion, but you kind of take them where you can get them, and I think those three wins coming in, uh, you know, a absolute shootout that just played to the Blazers' strength, Damian Lillard magic, which is totally part of the Blazers' formula, and just a a great sort of team team concept win when you're super underman in Philly. I don't know how upset you can be about that. I mean, I think I don't think the losses are particularly disheartening. I don't think the wins are partic- were particularly heartening. Like I don't think you look back and say, "All right, we're they're in this great spot or if they can do this again." But but This team's formula for success, this team's sort of like blueprint, maybe is a better word for it, is just to find ways to grind out some grind out some wins and to to end up three and three in the manner what they did with a chance to go four and two. I, I don't think you can be upset about it. I mean, if you are upset or if you're like sort of unconvinced, I think unconvinced is totally okay. But um, to consider this road trip anything less than a success seems like too high of a bar for me. Um, You can say, hey, they I'm not they didn't play great and I'm not on board with them with this team sort of turning things around. Cool. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, the, like I said, not super heartening wins, but, um, the record is the record. And I don't think you can be frustrated with how things shook out in the very end. So in, in general, uh, I think this was a good road trip. Uh, I, the Blazers when in, in their own world, right. In their own, in, in their own locker room, the way they look at the season is to break uh, the season into five game segments, and you try to go three and two in each five game segment. Obviously, five and zero oh or whatever, but uh, you know you try to win more than you lose in each five game segment. That is something that CJ McCollum has harped on a bunch. That sort of that's how that's how coach prepares the team. That's how they look at it. So why obviously six games is, is more than five games, but to look back in these little chunks and just sort of take care of business in these little chunks is how the team approaches it. So it's kind of how I squ- try to square my thinking too, because it's you get a better sense back when you'd have to sort of coax interviews out of people in the locker room and not over zoom conferences sort of how the vibe was if you um if you get a sense of how they're kind of big picture looking at stuff i think one of the things that frustrates fans about this team is they don't get rattled which is a strength when they're doing well and a weakness when they're doing poorly but um in general i think uh considering if you consider if you look at the season the same way they look at the season you'll get a better sense of kind of where their mindset is at i don't think the blazers play great but they're they're still above 500. They went 500 on a, on a relatively difficult trip. And I would say in general, you got to say, 
you take it and you keep it moving. We'll talk about the week ahead in the third segment, but uh, coming up next in, in segment number two, I want to talk about a couple of developments. There's, there's, there are some on-court things that I saw this week that make me, uh, I kind of want to put to bed one, one talking point in, in Blazer fandom. I think this week kind of, kind of killed that one. So there's one thing we just got to stop talking about, and that's what I will discuss in the second segment. But first, a reminder that this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you've maybe you've read about 1010 in the New York Times or in Style Magazine or Forbes, but I'm excited to tell you about it here. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. They're using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, y'all, they're gone. Look, we all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to make a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right. Look, at Lockdown Blazers, I got you covered with all things basketball, all things Portland basketball, that is. But you might be wondering, Mike, what about the rest of the sports? Well, guess what? The Lockdown Podcast Network Network has you covered there as well with the new show Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every single morning in, in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. In that first segment, we just took the sort of 30,000-foot view of the Blazers 3-3 and road trip. I, I think it has to be considered solid. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say a successful trip, but a good trip. A good, like a, maybe I will go as far. I'll say it. A successful trip. You go 3-3 three and three on this road trip. Um, the flavor of wins might not have been the most convincing, but but you go 3-3. Three and three, You end up with the wins that you do. You take it. This is what the Blazers need to do. They just need to be. They need to maintain sort of this 500 level, relatively competitive status moving forward until they can get the reinforcements back. Uh, they're you know still a handful of weeks away from getting those guys back, but three and three is a good place to be on on this particular trip. So we took the 30,000 foot view in that first segment. But what I want to do is is dial in a little more on the specifics, and I want to. I kind of want to put to bed one talking point. Uh, each week, in fact, uh, I'll just tease it here, Mailbag Monday, a mailbag show I record on Monday nights and post on Tuesdays, but each week I get a ton of mailbag questions about, hey, can the Blazers add this guard? Can they add this guard? Can they add this point guard? After this trip, the Blazers don't need guard help, y'all. They don't need it. Let's put it to bed. Let's stop stop emailing me about Ricky Rubio and uh, whatever other backups are out there. Uh, Dwight bikes or something like that. Uh, it's it's over. It's like the Blazers. The Blazers have weaknesses for sure. They have issues for sure. Those those weaknesses, those issues are not in the backcourt. So, I know some of y'all will still shoot me your uh, your preferred backup point guard, uh, free agents and trade ideas. And for that, I welcome you. <laughs> Everyone's allowed to do it how they do it. 
But for me, I've been saying this for a while, and I think this road trip confirmed it for me, is the Blazers don't need help in the backcourt. They need help up front. They need help, a little bit of help on the wings. The, the forwards are not playing particularly well. But the, ish, the the idea that they need guard help, they need another guard, seems, seems just... Um, how can I, I outdated at this point? It's an outdated talking point. It's a theoretical talking point, not actually functional with how the team is playing. And 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 that starts with Gary Trent Jr. The dude's fine. He's just he's turned into a guy who can create his own shot off the dribble. And fine might even be underselling it. Gary Trent Jr., since CJ McCollum has been out, is shooting 50% on pull-up threes. Now, this plays into maybe some of uh, people's complaints about this team in general is that they're they're a low assist team. They're literally last in the league in raw, raw total passes. Like, they just don't pass much. And Gary Trent Jr. is certainly part of that problem. But one thing he does now and has been doing since um, he's sort of been given a larger share of the offensive load is creating his own offense. And you saw it in this road trip. If, if teams are playing drop coverage and and Gary has the ball, he's going to come off a, a screen and pull up. If they're uh, trying to sort of navigate and recover, he can either take a three or he can take a couple dribbles in and get a side-to-side dribble and hit a little mid-range shot. Like, he has... A, he's he's really good at shooting off the dribble. 50% on pull-up threes since CJ got hurt on, a, on about four attempts a game. He's doing fine. The Blazers don't need to add another guard to get it out of Gary Trent Jr.'s hands. Before, I would have said, yeah, maybe Gary doesn't have a lot of a lot, a lot of off-the-dribble offense in these types of things, and you could convince me. But after watching him play, I don't think... I, I don't want... I don't want to bring... Why I'm against it is I basically don't want to bring in a guard to have Dame have the ball less and Gary Trent Jr. have the ball less. These guys can score on offense. The Blazers' issues is not generating... Um, generating looks on offense it's sometimes stagnating for sure on offense lack of player movement lack of ball movement but the personnel is the personnel I'm not sure that a group of Ant and Carmelo and and Gary Trent Jr. just sort of like magically adds a, a guy who passes a little bit more and they're all convinced to get on board Gary Trent Jr. is 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 a solid consistent offensive force He's, he's just fine. On this road trip alone, he averaged 19.7 points. Shot 45% from three on 10 attempts a game. That's that's fantastic, y'all. He still doesn't really fill out the box score in other places, but he's put on he's he's on this team to play aggressive competitive defense and score. He's doing that at an efficient level and he's creating his own shot. There's not there's not there is no magic out there that is that you're going to sign for cheap or trade for for cheap that's there's no magic player out there that's going to be better than what Gary Trent Jr. is doing right now um he's probably a starting guard in this league and he's playing like it but it's the other guy in the backcourt that that is involved in this sort of conversation that's really why I want to put this to bed Anthony Simons uh just clearly is getting more comfortable running the offense. He's not a point guard still. He's not a natural playmaker still, but he just, he, and it might not even show up in the box score, but if you just watched him, particularly the last two games on this trip, Philly and New York, he just looks more comfortable running the offense. He's still a shoot first guy uh, against the Knicks. You know, he had that run where he hit two threes and then got an and one a nine, nine straight points from Simons. I believe he passed the ball once on those three possessions. He's just going to do what he does. 
So if you're mad about the ball movement, that's not changing. I'm not even here to convince you or tell you that it's okay. I'm just I'm just here to say like it's a personnel thing as much as a as a sort of stylistic thing. Like the the guys out there want to look for their own shots, but Ant just looks he looks more comfortable. He looks more comfortable as a lead guard. He looks more comfortable getting into his own offense. Um, he's he's starting to make outside shots uh, on this road trip. Thirty nine percent from three on about six and a half attempts a game. Uh, he's that level is is just really really solid from Ant. You throw in Damian Lillard, who's going to dominate possession of the ball, dominate time of possession, and dominate the Blazers' offense in terms of his usage. And the Blazers just, they do not need a guard. I think what we establish on this road trip, on the six-game road trip, is we can put that to bed. Um, many of you won't, and I respect your your commitment to it. But for me, I am going to just outright reject him, unless it's some sort of awesome trade for Drew Holiday, which isn't going to happen. But you get my drift. Like Unless it's like an all-star level player that you're somehow concocting. It's a low level or minimum guard, it's just not a solution. It's, it's no, I'm, maybe not a solution. I won't go that far. It's no longer an issue. Their weaknesses are up are up front. Their weaknesses are on the front line. Their forwards and and their and their bigs. Like that's if you're looking to upgrade the roster, that's where you're going to do it. The Blazers' young guards, Ant and Gary Trent Jr., showed enough growth to me on this trip that I'm riding with them because they can play. They can help. So miss me with the uh, Alonzo Trier and Jeremy Lin and other stars who are now in the G League as veterans in the G League. It, 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 those aren't it for me. I like the the Blazers have guards that can help. It's it is not their issue right now. I don't. I just do. I just simply do not see it as their issue. I think that was the biggest development for me. Um, obviously, if Nazir Little had had you know thirty points on Monday night against the Bucks and then got hurt his knee at the end of that game and has not played since, it's unclear whether he'll be available when the Blazers hit the floor on Monday night. He would have been one of sort of this big development thing because if 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 uh, Nas can play, then you can start asking questions about how much do you play Rodney Hood, how much do you play. Uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony, how much do you play Derek Jones Jr. when he's struggling? Can you go away from Robert Covington on nights when he's just throwing up bricks? Like Nazir Little definitely complicates the puzzle, but he needs to be available for us to have that conversation. Awesome one game, and then it's just like the all of Nas's career is that right when you get excited about him, he's 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 missing time on the injury list. It's a real bummer. He was going to be what we talked about in this space, but he wasn't the story of the road trip. C.J. Ellaby deserves a shout out in this space too, but again, he played one really nice hustle game on off the bench and I don't think he's a solution um it's nice to know that you can break the glass on on CJ Ellaby and he can play a certain type of role but uh he's he doesn't complicate the puzzle like maybe a really effective Nazir Little might those guys deserve a shout out but this space was really for the two young guards and Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr they are showing the steps you hope they would show and so now it's time to worry about other parts of the roster the Blazers are not worry free by any means but I don't think their worry comes in the backcourt anymore. Speaking of Nazir Little's availability in games next week, let's look ahead in the third in the third segment to games next week. The Blazers play Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, a little mini three-game homestand this week. I want to look ahead and what we can what we should expect and what we can hope from the Blazers in the week ahead. So stick with me in the third segment. But before we get there, we gotta talk about Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Depending on when you're listening to this, the Super Bowl is either right about to kick off or it's over. 
But that doesn't mean it's the end of betting season because the NBA is rolling along. It's college basketball games. Oh, Carolina beat Duke over the weekend. Could have won yourself a little money betting on my Tar Heels. The NHL's rolling too. It's it is still betting season with games every single night. And Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV. You don't have to just bet on sports. You can bet on anything you want. The odds over at Bet Online are updated in real time. And, you, and there's props on almost anything you can imagine. You want to bet on Carmelo Anthony shot attempts, Gary Trent Jr.'s over-under scoring total? Yeah, that's available every single night on betonline.ag. They got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by the good folks at Bill Barr. They're just doing what they always do and making you the best tasting protein bars ever. That's it. That's the trick. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious tasting protein bars. If you've dabbled in this world before, you've you've tried out other protein bars, you know they can be chalky and dry and gross. That's not what Bill Barr is doing. They are not they are not dabbling in that world. They're just making delicious tasting bars. They come 18 amazing flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got the candy bar-like texture. But if the deliciousness doesn't sell you, if the candy bar-like texture doesn't sell you, what if I told you that each flavor is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, good and good for you. So go grab yourself some of these bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. I mentioned this a little early in the show, but I'm gonna get it in here again. Mailbag Monday is our weekly mailbag segment. I recorded on Monday nights and posted on Tuesdays. The mailbags have been overflowing, which I truly, truly appreciate. And I don't want to just skip and, and pick like the quote unquote good questions and leave other people out to dry. I want everyone who has questions about this team and everyone who wants to interact with the show to get to be in on mailbag. So we're going to split up. We're going to do a double mailbag this week. So get your questions in. Uh, Tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or email the show lockedonblazerspot at gmail.com. I'll do my best to tell you if um, where you landed in the show, but just listen to both. Mailbags are a lot of fun. Uh, plenty of you share some sort of similar questions. Sometimes they're thematically involved, but I'm going to get everyone in this week. Uh, there just might be two mailbags. We'll have probably like a Monday and a Thursday morning. So check for those. Again, tweet at me, Mike G. Rich, email the show lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Okay, let's let's look ahead. We looked back. Uh, I think, really, for me, the developments is that the young guards, Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr., look like contributors, um, and and the Blazers sort of did what they did did what they needed to do, take care of business, stay at at around five hundred. Um, the road trip was had some real value, had some real positive moments, obviously had some um, some down moments as well. But I want to look ahead. In, in this to close out the show here. The Blazers have a little mini homestand this week. On Tuesday, they play the Orlando Magic. On Thursday, they host the Philadelphia 76ers. And on Friday, they host the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Cavs have been playing better. The Magic have um, a ton of injuries, but have some certainly have some talent um, still left with Nikola Vucevic. I would say the 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 Orlando and the Cleveland game are two imminently winnable games is how I would describe them. And Philly, if they if the if Philly's whole if they got their whole starting lineup with Seth Curry, Danny Green, Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, they're undefeated with that group. Uh, you, we, you saw how fragile they are when they are not whole without Ben Simmons and without Seth Curry in the second half. They lost to uh, they lost to a, a very skeleton crew of the Blazers. So obviously the Philly is, is uh, beatable when they're not whole. But if they're whole, that's a really tough game. Uh, I would not. That would be, you know a real signature win by the Blazers to beat a fully healthy Philly team at home. So I think two and one is what you can really hope for. Um, less than that is a little bit troubling just because the Blazers formula has to be to beat these teams. The Cavs have been playing better. Um, it, Orlando, like I said, really beat up. I mean, you just got to win that game, but it's the Blazers formula. Like as much as three and three was a good road trip, anything shy of, of two and one this week is a problem. It doesn't really matter where the two wins come. Like if you beat Philly, that's obviously better, but then you lost to either Cleveland or Orlando and you'll say, Oh man, that's a bad loss. They should have been three and zero. but I think two and one is, is, is really, is really where you're headed. Um, if you want, it's where you're headed. If you want to call this a successful trip. And I think um, the Blazers got to, I think looking at these things in sort of week by week and little mini segments is, is more valuable than, than sort of diving in on, on deep dive in Orlando. Here's the thing in general, pick and pop bigs like Nikola Vucevic has, has kind of turned into he's, he's one of the uh, league leaders in top of the key, like uh three point makes, I believe uh, last time I checked Kirk's Goldberry, Kirk Goldberry's chart, ESPN zone uh, that Vucevic led the league and made threes from above, uh, from the top of the key. Dude's just a monster, and in general, uh, pick-and-pop threes have given the Blazers problems because it's just more space for Ennis Cantor to guard and, and more issues for him. Um, so that's a that's obviously a tough matchup. The rest, um, Orlando, just they're just really thin on the wings, um, really thin up front with, with, depending on Evan Fournier's availability. But no Aaron Gordon, no Jonathan Isaac. Alfred Camino might even be back by that game, making his um, long-awaited, basically a year away from basketball debut. Uh, it'd be nice to see Chief back in back in a uniform. But th- this team's depleted. The Blazers got to win that game. Philly, like I said, if they're whole, that's an elite team. That's a championship-level team. Um, if the Blazers win, you say hallelujah, signature win on the year, or you know, a signature win on the year for sure. But if they lose, I'm not going to read too much into that. If they get spanked, I'm not going to read too much into that. I know that sort of uh, the way fandom works is, and the way basketball works is a lot can hinge on each each individual performance. But for me, there's almost nothing that could happen in a Philly game. Blazers could lose by 50 and I wouldn't be freaking out. I mean, I'd, I'd make fun of them a little bit, but I wouldn't be like super, super worried by any means. And then second night of back-to-back Friday against Cleveland, definitely a winnable game. Cleveland has been playing better, but they're, they're also dealing with some injuries. Larry Nance Jr., who's Arguably the Cavs' best player. I know Colin Sexton is getting a lot of love, but in terms of just like doing stuff that helps you win, I think Larry Nance, uh, for most of last season and much of this season, has been the Cavs' the best player in terms of helping you win. Uh, he's going to be out for a little while with a broken bone in his hand, so uh, you get you get Cleveland somewhat depleted, but they're they're no pushover at all. Like they can. 
they're a really pesky defensive team and they've got some individual scores. They're not a, they're not a very good offensive team at all, but um, Colin Sexton can get as hot as anyone in the league. Darius Garland back from injury. He's, he's capable of having some big nights. Uh, Andre Drummond, pretty good matchup for Cantor. If you're just looking at sort of like the flavor of, of guys that Cantor can guard, he's not a, he's, he's more, he's a little more agile, a little more athletic, obviously. And he's gigantic, but um He's not a pick and pop guy, and he's not a guy who can go quick side to side. So it's an it, it's an okay big man matchup for Ennis Cantor, and for me, it's just the formula for the Blazers remains the same. They got to be competent in the dameless minutes. Here's your update on dameless minutes. Something I'll be tracking all year that I think they're the most the most important stat for the Blazers season is how they fare when Damian Lillard isn't on the court. The obvious caveat is if they're bad when Dame's on the court, doesn't matter. They're going to lose anyway. It's all about how they are relative to him being okay, him being on the court. If he's good and the bench is competent, they're going to win games. That's the formula. I've been tracking it all year. So let's revisit where we're at to, because I think this is going to be the most important stat continuing this week and all season long. The last time we updated this, the Blazers had just beaten the Bulls in a, by one in a game where the Blazers bench uh, outscored the Bulls by one in a game in the minutes where Damon Lord sat. Pretty telling stat. Uh, I don't think the stat stayed as telling on a game by game basis for the rest of the road trip. Uh, the Blazers got absolutely rocked by Milwaukee. In I only tracked through three quarters because Dame didn't play the fourth, so the fourth doesn't really matter for our our whatever experiment here, our our study here. Uh, Bench without Dame got outscored by four points, but with Dame on the court, the Blazers got outscored by 32. As I said, if they're bad when Dame's on the court, it really does not matter. They got rolled in that one. Um, at at Philly, I think this is a really a really telling game. Uh, the Blazers were outscored by 11 points when Dame was on the bench, but they outscored Washington by 22 when he was in the game in an 11-point win. This is just this just shows you kind of why that game was maybe a frustrating win is because uh the bench got crushed and Dame had to be fantastic and they you know they really roll in his minutes but they couldn't stop uh the Wizards when he sat and 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 that's how you get a game where there's 250 combined points. Uh at Philly, I was going to throw this one out because Dame didn't play at all, but hey, let's put it in here. In 48 minutes without Damon Lillard, the Blazers plus 16 in the most entertaining win of the year. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if I'll include that one moving forward. I'll probably put it in its own category for games that Dame misses. But um, nonetheless, it's the most important stat of the season, and they did it. They won a game without him on the court, so it has to count. It just has to count in a separate category. Plus 16 in 48 minutes without Dame against Philly, though. Huge. And then against New York, this was another one where uh, they weren't particularly good when Dame was in the game. Uh, he was, and they ended up losing minus five in his minutes that he sat in a game that they lost by eleven. But uh, you know, it's they have yet to win a game where they have been a negative, um, other than other than that Washington game where Dame was just heroic and it was just a no defense game. It's the only game this year where the the Blazers have been in the negative plus minus where Dame sits and they still find a way to win. It's um it's that's the anomaly and the anomaly is play the worst defensive team in the NBA. I mean that's that's basically it is that Dame can score almost every time he's on the court when when you play against the, every second he's on the court when you play against a team that bad and so the sort of negative minutes the bad minutes when he's on the bench aren't um aren't as grueling but it's going to be the most important stat this week it's going to be important against Orlando and and Philly and and obviously Cleveland to close out this mini three game homestand um all season long it's the most important track to, stat to track is what they do in the dameless minutes uh the 
in a, it will define their season. It's it's if they can, they don't have to be super good. Like I, I want to be clear here, and I've said this every time, so I'm not going to re- repeat it next time we review this. But they need to tread water. They need to be minus, you know, somewhere between even and minus five, and give and give themselves a chance when Dame is in the game to come back and win it. He he can be heroic. He can be magical. He can be special. He can be dominant. Like it just it just he can do that. So when in those brief minutes when he doesn't play, those you know ten to fifteen minutes each night when he's on the bench, they just need to be not terrible. And when they've been decent, they've won. I mean, that's that's as simple as that. It'll be the most important track stat to track going forward. So I will keep on it, keep updating my spreadsheet, and keep talking about it. Week ahead, two and one is the goal. Two winnable games and a tough game against Philly. You find out to go two and one. You keep putting yourself in the right position. The Blazers' path forward is simple: play okay when Dame is sits, let him be dominant, and take care of business against bad teams or against teams with losing records. Bring on Orlando and Cleveland this week. The formula is simple. Take care of business. The Blazers will be in in, a, in the spot they want to be in. Like I mentioned a couple times, don't forget about Mailbag Monday. Tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or email the show LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about this podcast too. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>